You're listening to The Ouija Broads, which is a podcast about weird tales from the Pacific Northwest. If we've covered anything in today's episode that might be particularly upsetting, we'll have tagged it in the show description, so give a quick check for those before you dig in. And we also wanted to warn you that pretty much every episode, there's going to be language that earns that explicit tag, because we're not really ladies. We're broads. are listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. We have a couple patrons to thank. <laughs> we do. We do. I'm ready for this. So I would like to thank C. I'm going to thank again, even though we did on the last one. Do but it. C is in the October batch. Mm-hmm. And Renan, or let's see, R-H-E-A-N-O-N. Renan? Rhiannon? Yeah, I'm going to say Rhiannon. Okay. Laurel is a long-standing patron who actually upped her donation. Thank you, Laurel. Laurel, you darling babe. Um, yeah, you get an extra shout-out for that. And Clementine. Thank you. Oh, my God. If you have another daughter, please name her Clementine. That is the sweetest fucking <sighs> name. And then if I want to call them, I can sing, Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, or Lydia, Lydia, have you met Lydia? Yeah, precisely. Yeah. It all it all works out. Hey. Only you can have like fourteen girls and name them all after songs. Oh, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Hey, remember that time you had a baby named Lydia, and I made you a tattooed baby poster of Lydia, and I spelled yeah. the word tattoo wrong. I still love it. I still it's very cute. You, feel you, quite you bad. Dr- you rendered her quite well, considering she was entirely made of spheres at that point. Yes, she was. That was a lot of baby rolls to make. She was a very round little thing. Little thing. Uh, Giant yeah, head, we used man. To sing. Lydia, oh Lydia, Lydia, the brand new baby. Oh, that's, that's so good sweet. Song. Oh, that's but, so yeah. sweet. Thank you, our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for having cool names mm-hmm. that we can think about. That's all I had. No, Sorry. Well, no, it's I'm trying fine. not to I'm... step on you quite as much as I have been in recent episodes, <laughs> but I feel like I'm just leaving dead air. You're not. Well, and I'm trying to not make my typical callback segues because you always get mad because you want to cut something out, maybe. And I've made it so you can't. And instead, it just means that I leave dead air and then I jump into the next thing without any kind of transition. Why are we on such good behavior with each other today? What do we do? I don't know. What's I happening? Hate, I hate it, you hoe. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's, that's better. better. You, know what's, you know what's better is a problem with a solution. There's my segue that doesn't make any fucking sense, but you got to keep it in now. Because that's what we're going to talk about today, Liz. Wow, is, you really <laughs> went from zero to 60 on that one. Yep, did. <laughs> yep. Here we go. We have talked about many problems on this show that have many innovative solutions involving animals. Am I correct? Ooh, like, I don't like anybody who I could vote in for mayor, so how about an orange cat with no tail? Oh, you are the smartest! Of course, I was thinking, fuck, we want to build a thing here and there's too many beavers in the way. <laughs> Better ship them over in a plane and dump their little butts out via parachute. Or yes. 
We've had when a whale carcass is washed up on a beach and mm-hmm. you don't know what to do with it. You just stick some C4 in it and vaporize it. We've had mm-hmm. medical supplies needing to get to Alaska. And the only way to do that yeah. is via dog sled. Yeah. We've got another problem. Today's problem is the okay. eminent starvation of thousands of Yukon gold miners in 1897. Oh, no. What a problem. It's a doozy. How do you think we fix this? I can't decide whether the animals are going to bring food, like Balto, or if they're going to be the food. The great thing about certain animals is that they is are they both. Give me We are a terrible animal, Liz, because in 1897, when we thought a bunch of miners were going to starve out through the winter in the Yukon, we thought, you know what we'll do? We'll get 500 reindeer shipped over from Norway and sent up to those little buddies and see how that helps them. Did we not have anything on four feet in the entire continental U.S. or Canada that was available to be moved? We even had reindeer up in Canada at the time, but they weren't available to be moved, Liz, because they were helping a stranded whaling ship that was stuck in the coastal ice. How so? How? In what way? Were they holding up little beacons like air traffic controllers? Were they dynamiting the ice? Were they flying it like Santa? That's the subject of another episode. We're going to talk today about... (laughs) What were the reader doing? Why were they occupied? They were occupied. They were needed. They were needed to haul supplies. They were needed to haul haul the, the... whaling ships cargo back they were needed as food this is a solution that had been used before but we we don't want to start this story in the middle let me start with dawson dawson was a small is still a small but was a small town in the yukon it's just east of what's now the alaska canada border and it was actually, it was a First Nations village, but it was a Han village. And then a little town sprung up next to it. And when gold was first discovered in... In them, their hills. In them, their hills. It was 1896. And Dawson, because it was at the confluence of the... I think it was the Yukon and the Klondike rivers because it was there, you know, as this like Delta, it became the epicenter of the Klondike gold rush. Devin, I posted a joke on Twitter and mm-hmm. it was long ago and it was on Twitter. So I'm not sure you saw it. Oh, I never Can see I tell it. it to you. Please. Devin, why did the non-binary prospector go out West in 1849? Because there was gold in them, their hills. Why did the get it? Because their pronouns are them, their. (laughs) (laughs) That's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make sense. (laughs) That's not original, Jimmy. I 
about it on the internet, but it was one of those things, like, somehow, sometimes, like, the areas of interest that we have, it just, like, overlap, and I was like, wow. Right? I love this. (laughs) Them there. Please continue. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. The gold that was in them there hills... Uh, in in 1896, ended up drawing a ton of people to Dawson. So 1896, the folks that are in Alaska that are able to get to Dawson City quickly swell the town to 500. But by mid-1898, it was a boom town of 40,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Dawson got big for its britches. That was the the problem. It got big for its britches. Well, when it started getting big, first of all, the First Nations people were very much in the way. So the folks that were building Dawson City were like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll do this thing called a reservation and we'll put you three miles downriver. You don't mind, do you? Of course not. Go. Yeah. I'm going to use this. I'm not going to go three miles downriver. I'd like to not go but three it's miles. Fine for you. It's fine for you. We are going to poop in the river and sluice box in the river and do all kinds of things. So you guys just go three miles down. And it'll mm-hmm. be fine. The point is, Dawson starts to grow. It's a nice location, but God dang, if it isn't hard to get to. Because it's mm. it's like before 1900. It's Alaska. They don't have steam engines going into the interior of Alaska. It's got that river, but they've only got these tiny little steam Paddlers that do small mm. supply runs because there was fucking nothing up there until, you know, 1897 when people start going to Dawson for the Yukon Gold Rush, for the Klondike Gold Rush, excuse me. Um, yeah. The infrastructure is not there to support the 40,000 people who are yes. about to arrive. Infrastructure is exactly the word that was coming to mind because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's one thing if you are going from nothing to 500. It's not ideal. Yeah. But there is a critical mass of humans where you're like, there's not enough water. Yeah. There's no place good to put the poop. Uh-huh. There's no place good to put the trash. This is a public health disaster. You can't put this many people together in close proximity. You can't do it today <laughs> without having appropriate infrastructure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Who's- it's a fire festival. Well, They were having a fire festival up there in Dawson. Oh, my goodness. And Dawson ended up being a fire F-I-R-E festival as well many <laughs> times as you could imagine. Well, there is timber up there in Alaska that you can usually get. So you can make these great timber roads just uh-huh. by cutting logs in half and putting the cut half up. And then yep. every time it freezes and thaws, you've made an exciting xylophone <laughs> to ride down Isn't that marvelous? on a cart to kill your spine. <laughs> you just <laughs> you've given Hell Trolley a little bit of lubrication is what you've done. Oh God. <laughs> It's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. Not only does that part suck, you know, the Dawson City not having infrastructure. How? Thank God you've got the timber right there because you're not getting shit into Dawson. There's there's no train, like I said, and also there's no 
there's no way to get things from the river where the little tiny paddler would deposit supplies and then up through Chilcook Pass other than on foot. Chilcook Pass, which is, you can see these old photos, it just looks like a whole bunch of miners trudging through this mountain pass in 20 feet of snow like little tiny ants. I mean, you could get... You could get a pack mule through there if mules could walk in the frickin' snow. You could get, well, you'll find out. You can you can get a reindeer through there, thank God. Oh, boy. Well, one of the concerns here as well is, like we were talking about with the Iditarod, or like the people on Everest have to deal mm-hmm. with, when you are doing that kind of thing, you're burning calories at a so rate that many is calories. just beyond. Like, you will... You can't even sometimes carry enough food to replenish how much you're burning carrying it. Oh, Liz, don't worry. The Canadian government said that to come be a miner to go to Dawson City, which is, you know, in the Yukon, it's in Canada, miners had to bring with them a year's supply of food. On their back? Yep. Yep. So people were steaming from San Francisco and Seattle up to Alaska with their year's provision of rations. They'd get dumped off and they'd have to trek it into Dawson a load at a time. Oh my God. So what would happen with the rest of your stuff? Would you just be like, okay, well, I'm going to take January's food over the pass in 20 foot deep snow and come back and everything else is gone. Well, it sounds like it wasn't gone. You know, the people that are going up there, it's not like they can carry any more than you can. If I get a time machine, I'm going <laughs> to... Mm, spoiled <laughs> pemmican. <laughs> so gross. So yeah, that's gross. just one of those things where you're like, is there no economy of scale to be had here? Can we not rig up some kind of ski lift? Oh, that'd be marvelous. The system, <laughs> anything? No. No. I'm going to put it all in my back and do it yep. myself. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be my own Sherpa. It's marvelous. What a solution. But there's gold up there. People are people are able to get rich, so it's worth it because I is either this or go home and, you know, pee in an outhouse and die at 32 of tuberculosis. Uh, with all your fingers and toes. Well, so. you, you do get the benefit of no frostbite, I suppose, staying in Seattle or San Francisco. Yeah. But the point is, by mid-1897, we've got Thousands of men and and some women, actually, I guess at the peak, 12% of Dawson's population was female, which in oh. most uh, gold prospecting towns, it was only about 6%, 6 to 8%. Most of the women who went up there were not madams and sex workers. They were actually women who were up there to mine for themselves. That's pretty awesome. Pretty great, right? The, yeah. um The problem is, not only do you have a ton of people now coming into Dawson— the summer was particularly dry, so the river is getting really low. And so people are only able to get as far, get themselves and their supplies as far as a place called St. Michael, I guess, to drop off. Hmm. And then they have to trek even farther in. But that means none of the stores that have sprung up in Dawson, none of them are getting supplies. There's no food necessarily to buy now. Right, even if you can afford this incredibly marked up food, 
out of pocket. Yeah. When you're somebody who's given up everything in their life to come get rich. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we've got the American government going, oh, shit. Um, stuff might kind of get out of hand in Dawson City and folks might actually starve come winter. So the government wants to get out ahead of this a little bit. In August, the Secretary of War orders Captain Patrick Henry Ray to travel up the Yukon River and assess the situation at Dawson City. But I'm baffled as to why this was a Secretary of War issue. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. know who else I would have do it. Oh, if but Secretary of the Interior, like who do we have? It's 1897. We've got President McKinley. Like, what are your other guys in charge? Do we even have a Secretary? Send Roosevelt. Send Roosevelt. <laughs> Send Teddy. The old Teddy will do it. I'm riding a bear. Yeah, he was too busy with the Rough Riders, friend. Okay, well. Yeah, you were saying this is in Yukon Territory. This yes. is under Canadian jurisdiction, but there's just so damn many Americans there. Oh my god. That, yes. That the U.S. decides that it's going to handle this. The U.S. decides it's going to handle Had this. somebody and- mentioned oil? Is that, <laughs> was that what happened? <laughs> no, I don't think we're we, helping. We, here we come. Yeah, here we are. I don't think we care about I oil until the fifties. Gold was the equivalent. Gold was, was equivalent it, in the nineteenth century. Gold yeah. was it. So we've got the Secretary of War, badass name by the way, sends a captain up there to figure it out. But because the river's low, captain can't get up any further than Fort Yukon. So he sends some letters to Dawson City, but it's hard to get mail overland. I don't know if. Why he didn't go overland, you see, if the mail can go overland. But the point is, it's fall now. The captain has not made it to Dawson. And the sporadic mail and communication he's getting back, not to mention what the newspapers are starting to say, is that there is a food shortage facing these miners and that people are fleeing Dawson City ahead of this, like, tidal wave of starvation. Wow. Okay. So now folks down in the lower 48 or lower 12, however many states we have at the time, (laughs) whatever, people people in the states we do have are (laughs) petitioning Congress and they're petitioning President McKinley and saying, go save our boys. You got to get them food up to Dawson City. And President McKinley goes, I don't fucking really know what to do. How, you know, there's there's no trains and steam locomotives don't go through there. The water level's not supporting ships. And thank golly for Presbyterian Minister Sheldon Jackson. Because Presbyterian Minister Sheldon Jackson was the one who in 1893 had said, you know what Alaska needs? Reindeer. <laughs> See... <laughs> that was that's it. It's just like there should be some reindeer there should be some here. Reindeer. I don't like the the other four legged horned things well, that they do have. The thing is, Alaska has reindeer. Alaska has caribou, which is the same species, but oh. reindeer are somewhat tame. They're somewhat domesticated. They are the caribou you find in Siberia, in the Arctic Nordic regions, and in, I guess. Other places in the Arctic Circle that have been domesticated and used by indigenous herders. Okay, so help help me out. So it's so reindeer are to caribou as 
house cats are to feral cats? Basically, yep. Okay. Yep. And there's... So caribou or reindeer, I had to look this up. I don't know anything about deer. But they're the same species, which is called rangifer tyrandus. But then you can have subspecies. So the the reindeer that you think about with Santa is a caribou. That's the same species. That's the rangifer tyrandus or whatever. Same thing. But then there are other subspecies that are smaller, that are bigger, that are slightly different, slightly whatever. But we're, for all intents and purposes, we are talking about kind of domesticated caribou. It's the same animal. Okay. Well, this tracks. There's still, I I was watching a show about Mm -hmm. chickens. Yes. And the jungle fowl that chickens are descended from are still around. Oh, there you go. They're still able to interbreed with chickens. So they... They kind of are the same thing, but they have absolutely no interest in humans. Just zero percent interest in humans. And they don't lay humans, eggs huh? every day. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> what the fuck good are they? They? <laughs> they they come in and make your chicken stock really weird by breeding with your hens. Apparently. <laughs> but yeah, your hens don't need a reason to be weirder. No, no chicken does. No. All right. So okay, that tracks. So he was like, we need to get some of these mellow beginner level caribou up in here because these caribou that we have are just wildin i wish that with a reason no he was super colonial and was like every native person ever is lazy and the shiftless native alaskans up here don't do anything but sit around and have sled dogs and subsist by golly what's the fucking problem we could turn them into reindeer herders so that they aren't dependent on the government you know because Turn your ass into a reindeer. Turn your ass. Exactly. Sheldon is just up there preaching what he ain't gonna live. So his whole thing was let's bring over some reindeer and some reindeer herders from Russia in 1893. They'll teach the native population how to herd reindeer, which is a species we know can survive up here. Then that native population that's up here will be able to use reindeer for meat and for their pelts. It's like the most paternalistic version of heifer.org <laughs> that could possibly exist. It is. Oh my god, you're right. Here. This is ringing a very faint bell. I think Rangel Island, which is where Ada Blackjack and her crew oh. were stranded. I think it was either obtained with the idea of farming reindeer on it or ranching them. All right. Or somehow that overlaps with the Ada Blackjack story. So, okay. Like, and that that tracks. I don't know if yeah. her husband did it for a while or something. All I remember but, okay, is she's is, a badass. Yeah, this is coming to me a little. And indeed, starvation is a problem. And all I know is there were not reindeer on that island for them to enjoy. There were not reindeer on Ada Blackjack's island for them to eat. No. But there's, there's reindeer up in Alaska now because... Sheldon got the president, the the government, to sponsor a program. He was creating these reindeer, um, what were they called? It'll come to me. But he was he was making these stations up in Alaska, and reindeer herders were becoming a thing. You know, um, individuals living up in Alaska were having herds of reindeer, and they were using them as pack animals, as food, and as clothing supplies. So it was a very versatile animal to be had up in Alaska in the Yukon. 
Well, there really was just a time where if you had, like, good public speaking ability and were a white man, you could just walk up to the government and be like, I have an idea. And they'd be like, have some gold. Oh, absolutely. And this is what- Have some money dollars. Have some money dollars. I'll give it to you in a sack. Can you imagine these days if you were like, I think I'm going to bring- 500 reindeer to this. Like, just, you, what? No. Flint, Michigan has no clean water. Never fear. My solution may surprise you. Yeah. I mean, now you're actually kind of making it sound appealing. (laughs) The whole system was just like walking up like he's some kind of Scottish laird and just being like, Here's my request unto you, <laughs> the McKinley. The McKinley. I would like. <laughs> I would like to do this. And he, and so he says yes, or he cuts your head off, and then you go about your way. We might be getting somewhere here, dude. The president said yes. The president said yes yeah. to the tune of two hundred thousand dollars. Son of a bitch, how expensive are reindeer? <laughs> well, he was like, go. Go and use this money to buy supplies. And then I would like you to take a team to Norway. Because by this time, our boy Sheldon was like, fuck the assholes from Russia. They're lazy and incompetent too. And I think their reindeer are inferior stock. You know who has the best reindeer? It's the Sami people from the Arctic areas of the Nordic countries who have the best reindeer and you know for for people who aren't white i mean i guess they're okay i was gonna say for a guy who really really seems to be working this angle hard i'm very surprised he went with the sami yeah the sami are the uh they're the indigenous people like i said of the arctic portions of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Western Russia. Okay. And they live, like I said, they live in the Arctic, and they are historically reindeer herders. Their cultural costumes are beautiful, the most vibrant blues and reds you have ever seen. And one of the really cool things that we have, you know, it's difficult, obviously, to get cameras to work, um, especially old celluloid film will freeze, but what happens is when the Sami do finally come to America as part of the scheme that I'm going to tell you about, Anders Beer Wilsey, who was a Swedish Finnish, anyway, he was a Nordic photographer. He got beautiful photos of the Sami herders and the reindeer that are really gorgeous, now historic depictions of their cultural costumes, their cultural clothing that we might not have had otherwise, because like I said, how do you get a camera in those days up to a place where the film will freeze? I'm just still kind of stuck on the fact that Sheldon, it seems like should just move to like Norway or something, because they already have indigenous people who are herding reindeer like he wants. Yeah, but he he seems like the person who went to the Mexican restaurant and is mad that they don't have a cheeseburger, you know? Yeah, but he wants to take the Mexican restaurant food to the people who have cheeseburgers and say, through the Mexican food, you shall find salvation. Because remember, it's a lot. It's a lot. The upshot is Sheldon goes to Norway. I remember how I said that folks were afraid the miners were going to starve in winter. Mm-hmm. What what months to you are winter, Liz? 
In what part of where? Oh, good point. Okay, well, you know, what I think of winter, (laughs) and I realize we are up in Alaska, but I I do think of December, January, February, but by then you're, you know, the days are getting longer. You're starting to pull out of winter, in my mind. All right, this is you having been in Seattle too long. Is it? You know the months in which I have not seen snow on the ground in Spokane? July. July? August. Oh, dear. I have been in Seattle too long. Our our crocuses come up in January, my dear. Son of a bitch. Take it. All right. Yeah. So I would say I would... I'll I'll split the difference, and I'm going to say that I would consider winter to be November through... March. Okay. And I'll I'll wiggle on March. Like, if you said, you know... It's it's March and it's spring. I wouldn't be like, shut your face. <laughs> but if you were like, man, I'm sick of winter in March, I wouldn't be like, but this is spring. But, all right. All right. You're Yeah. You should have been a Libra, dude, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, people were worried about these miners starving as far back as August. It's December before President McKinley. It's late December before President McKinley says, take my almost quarter million, you know, Chuck E. Cheese fun bucks and go buy a bunch of reindeer. It's February before our boy Sheldon leaves Norway with 72 herders, 538 reindeer, a whole bunch of sleds, and a bunch of fucking dogs, as well as crates and crates of reindeer moss, which is the lichen that reindeer eat. So he was taking all these reindeer to a place where it didn't have the thing they eat? Or it does, but it wasn't going to have it on the way. Well, it's not going to have it on the way. And reindeer moss does not exist in Alaska. They do have a type of lichen in Alaska that folks were like, yeah, that's the same. But no, they got crates, Liz, huge fucking crates full of reindeer moss for these reindeer to eat on the giant ship they took from Norway to New York City. Can you imagine? No. 538 <laughs> reindeer on a boat with 72 herders only f- and, and all the dogs and all the sleds and big boxes of moss and they get off in New York City, you know, and these are herders who have presumably because it's 1900 and who has gone anywhere in 1900 mm-hmm. you know they've never seen anything and you dump them in new york city and then they take them to jersey city it's february 28th before they get off in new york city it's how May. many did they lose because they just like walked straight off the <laughs> boat into the hands of like Two paper boys who immediately <laughs> robbed them, and then a lady stole their clothes. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they just got rolled, like, within the so first 30 seconds. Rolled. None of them. <laughs> Fortunately, none of them. They wow. all make it to Seattle by train. <laughs> Again, yep. the circus has come the to town. The circus has it's come It's a very weird to circus. Town. The circus. And I like how how little of this plan involves the reindeer walking. Nope. Nope. The reindeer are going to have to walk eventually, but for now, it's March 8th, and the reindeer at Woodland Park Zoo, while everybody figures out how the fuck we're going to get 
500, almost 600 reindeer and 100 dudes up to Alaska to save miners who were starving six months ago. They put all the deer in the park. They put all the deer in the park, which at the time was a private menagerie. And by private menagerie, we mean it had no one who knew what the fuck. So because no one knew what the F, excuse me, we end up with the zookeeper, can you hear the air quotes in my voice, getting the crates of reindeer moss going, oh, that must be packing material. Packing material <gasps> for what, Liz? I don't know, because there was nothing else in those goddamn crates. <laughs> He's like, hmm, they sent me a ghost. Weird. Bizarre. Better throw it away. Immediately. Immediately. Twelve of these reindeer drop dead out of complete and utter bafflement. They are just like, what have you done? The zookeepers are trying to get them to eat grass. And twelve of them just up and fucking go, nope. I'm peacing out. So not lichen, not moss. I, they're like, are you like a cow? Yeah, I'm not liking this cow, grass. Right? <laughs> yep. They, <laughs> they die. So about this time, while there's the like, how in an over at Woodland Park Zoo with reindeers just dying, <laughs> people God. not knowing what lichen is, oh, and, you know, these poor 72 Sami people just being like, we have done what with our lives? The newspaper yeah. headline at the time said, Klondike relief useless. The federal government abandons the proposed reindeer expedition. No danger of starvation. Secretary Alger says conditions have changed. Reindeer and supplies to be offered for sale. Oh, no. Because guess what? No one was in danger of starving. There was never a worry because when the information got Back to the captain that the stores didn't have any food for sale, that was because all the miners had to bring a year's worth of supplies with them, and they weren't going to be buying anything from the stores. I mean, I'm still kind of puzzled as to why the stores existed in that case, but I guess for the people who lived there. Right. It, I mean, for, okay. you, can, you can still buy clothing and supplies at stores, not just food. But not, you know? they were like, there's not a year's supply of food for each man here. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, because they have to bring their Cause own. Because they have to bring their own. So, oh my lord. Now the government has 500 reindeer and still 72 herders, and they've promised these herders salary. They're going to be making... Uh, like 2000 American dollars a year herding reindeer. So what do we do with them? You know, finally they landed on, okay, we're going to go ahead. It'll be a modified expedition. We don't have to haul balls because nobody up there is starving, but we can still take all these reindeer up to Alaska like we said we would. We'll still let, you know, Minister Sheldon teach the indigenous population, what to do with reindeer, you know, the the Department of the Interior could buy them, perhaps the Canadian government will want to buy some. We'll be okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna come out ahead by the time we sell all these reindeer. It'll be fine. It was not fine. <laughs> it was not fine. They get the reindeer up to Alaska. These poor things have to take another ship. The the river doesn't fucking run, so they, of course, have to do this overland march with these herders, and the Alaskan lichen is really patchy, so the deer are dying 
in droves. It's May before the herders get the reindeer to that Chilkut Pass, and there are only 185 reindeer left. And we've ended up in a four-legged version of exactly the situation that was the problem in the first place, (laughs) of people having to go over the Chilkut Chilkut Pass Pass. carrying their own supplies. Yes. Yes. We're down to 185 reindeer at this point? 185 reindeer from 538 or something. All right, yep. hang on. It's time for a little math here. 185? Yeah, 185. Yeah, we've lost, what, 60% of the herd? That's more than $1,000 per reindeer. <laughs> Can you, like, I feel like today, if somebody gave me most of a quarter million dollars, I would figure out a way to get through that mountain or over the mountain. I would make a sprightly gondola. <laughs> it would be beautiful. You would trebuchet <laughs> like yourself here. over that mountain. <laughs> yeah, here, good news. It's 14 months later, and I've got some extremely mangy, traumatized <laughs> pack animals and some confused herders who are going to be the first people to ever hear whatever the Inuit words are for this fucking guy. <laughs> goodness thank goodness for you oh well there's this whole concept of diminishing returns in the sun cost fallacy and i feel like we might be there we're there i'm also like wait who's making money we're there well you know the american government was hoping to make some of that money back and the canadian government saw that they were dying not being able to eat the lichen and they were like no thank you pass uh, yeah, the army, I guess, was helping escort them part way. At some point, they just take the Sami herders to Haines, which is this town on the Alaskan, what's now the the southern Alaskan coast. You know how Alaska kind of has this little tiny coast that's separate from the main body of Alaska because Canada comes and mm-hmm. points it? It's that part. Yeah. Um, okay. So they're in Haines with, uh, they, they leave the Army Corps of Engineer, I think is what it was. It was the Army or the Army Corps of Engineer. Anyway, leave the 185 reindeer with 15 herders and are just like, st- uh, st- uh, stay, stay here. Yeah, stay here and herd the reindeer. Take the rest of the reindeer back to a big city and are like, hey, do you guys want jobs at the, at the reindeer <laughs> posts that uh, Sheldon has? And most of them said sure and took jobs at those. Yeah, they're like, I don't know where I live anymore. That's fine. No clue. What What the hell? <laughs> and, it, you know, that's interesting, too, because <laughs> a lot of the Sami men, there were only four of the people who came over who were Sami women. But a lot of the Sami men ended up marrying Native Alaskan, Native Canadian women. And so you've got this, yeah. you know, interesting cultural genetic mix now. Mm-hmm. Because of a very strange and unusual immigration experience. Yeah. We're at Haines. We're back to Haines with 15 herders, 180 caribou. And it's not, I can't find it anyway on record why. But in September, I, I like to think that it's that, you know, the first 
the first Inuit person to hear, you know, the fuck was this shit, was um, in September 1898, those herders just go, no, no, I think we're done here. And they, they drive the surviving reindeer herd 800 miles into the interior of Alaska to Circle City and decide they're going to live there from now on. Why that? Why there? Don't know. Can't find out. Whoa. Couldn't find out in any of the places I searched. At this point, the newspapers aren't really recording on it. There is a diary entry because there were people living up in Alaska and one diary entry from someone who saw these 15 men herding 100 reindeer through the wilderness of Alaska just said that it was an, a great sight, that it was a, a really apparently moving, incredible thing to see. How do they herd them? Are they on horseback or are they on foot? Do they use dogs? Um, they're herding. They do use dogs and they have sleds hooked up to some of the reindeer. So you can oh. use dogs to herd them and you're also in there with the herd. Uh, but no, you're not on horses because it's too too cold up there. Horses don't do don't do that okay. snow. Maybe 800 miles was the number they came up with when they were like, how far do you think we have to go before this guy will give up and not bother us? <laughs> not bother us, that's right. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, let's make it 800 miles yes. to be on the safe side. Yes. How this story ends is that on February 28th, 1899, the herders with 114 surviving reindeer made it to Circle City, Alaska, which is apparently where they spent the rest of the days. That's where the record ends. Some reports following up do say that people reported that several of the reindeer escaped and then joined native wild caribou herds. B mm -hmm. But because all the reindeer that had been brought over from Sompi were gelded males, oh. the initial population died. What was the long-term <laughs> plan here? This plan had no sustainability. Did Sheldon not notice, or did he think that was a good idea? So this whole thing, I don't know how long reindeer live, but this whole project, in the best of circumstances, would have been over in what, 15, a reindeer lifespan. 15 years? I don't know how long that is. Son of a bitch. I mean, come on, though. Geldings are good for, for pack animals. You know, they've got the strength of a male animal. Geld them when you get there. <laughs> and leave some. Listen. Hmm. I Ever since I've joined the world of the chicken people, I've learned about sometimes chickens, and especially roosters, have to be sent to freezer camp. Oh, and no. And they don't come back. And especially oh. when they get real aggro, and I gotta admit, yeah. there's definitely been some human males I have been yep. considering freezer camp Freezer for. camp. So you don't need equal numbers of males and females, nope. but you do need some. You need some of each, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Liz. There are still reindeer herders in Alaska today, thanks to the uh, Sami herders and the Siberian herders who then taught the population up there to herd. There are about 25,000 reindeer in 
herds today up in Alaska. I met a woman at the um, the Nordic Museum had a summer festival, and it was focused on the Arctic and on contemporary mm-hmm. problems in the Arctic. And the vendors that were brought over were all Arctic artists. And so I met a woman who is a... Alaskan native, I don't remember what tribe affiliation she is, so I don't want to embarrass myself and guess, but she was a reindeer herder and she was making, um, she and her husband made jewelry and ornaments out of the antlers. And she was just telling me about a reindeer herd and I was like, that's amazing. How many do you have? How many do you have to take care of? And she goes, I'm really glad you asked me that. That would be like me asking you how much money you have. And so we try to educate oh. people that you don't ask what the herd size is. And I was just like, fascinating. Okay. You can also ask me how much money I have because I don't have a filter. But I get it's that. It's the same as how many caribou it's I have. the same as how many caribou I have. <laughs> Guess how many. <laughs> yeah. I count them on the fingers of one of head. Of one head. Thank you. Yeah. So that was... Wow. Uh, Really fascinating to to speak with her and about the life that she and her family live up there herding reindeer in Alaska. So they must then by default be herding Alaskan reindeer that have been sufficiently domesticated for this. They are... Or did they bring over more after this doomed mission? Well, I don't know if they brought over more from Norway, but they certainly started with reindeer from Siberia. That was the first oh, place right. that, okay, okay. that our, our boy brought folks over, or brought brought folks over. Yeah, brought folks and brought reindeer over from. Okay, so to recap, before this expedition got going, there were already reindeer and people who knew how to herd them. Yeah. And eventually, the thing that would make reindeer herding a success in Alaska was that so so really this whole sami 530 odd reindeer thing was completely a blip just completely value neutral in terms of affecting the reindeer situation well, i think the sami had an incredibly profound positive effect on the viability That's of true. reindeer okay. herding because they were the ones you know 72 stayed on to be teachers of other folks. So he should have just brought that and not brought the reindeer. Well. That that makes sense. I did catch that from your, I did pick that up from your story and then just got so wrapped yeah. up in the reindeer part. Yeah. That I, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> wow. colonialism going on, of course, and there's also a lot of, because this is a long time ago and it's very sensationalized, I was having a hard time picking apart so why didn't we just cross the Bering Strait area again? That mm-hmm. seems easy, but I guess the supplies weren't there. The supplies were bought down in Seattle because it was easy to get he supplies map, on the West Coast. He had a map, not a globe. What was the problem <laughs> there? like, wow, that's very far mm-hmm. away. God, look at that. <laughs> so that is the story of 500-plus reindeer coming from Norway through Seattle for a time. I just... it. Cracked me up in the saddest way just to hear that immediately 12 of them were like, you want me to eat what now? No. I'm out. out. (laughs) I just tap out. I would like to be reincarnated, please. I don't understand what this is, and I refuse to respond to it. I refuse to respond to it as right. Oh, but I want to tell you cool reindeer things, if I can. Because I was researching reindeer. I didn't know that they could see in the ultraviolet range. 
They can, but why? They think it's because in almost whiteout conditions up in Alaska, that allows them to see urine marks and oh. like other, you know, reindeer. They're dirty. <laughs> That's pretty cool, yeah. though. Yeah. What's wow. the difference between an antler and a horn? Uh, one sheds mm-hmm. and velvet. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Those are both actually very correct. Yes. Yeah, so, ant- <laughs> wait, what do you mean they're both very correct? Yes. Do you mean correct, but not what you were thinking? No, they're correct. Yeah, antlers. <laughs> okay. Antlers shed. They are considered a singular structure. They're just bone, and they shed annually. And the velvet—that's the the skin that covers the antler as it's growing, and that's what's got all the all the blood vessels and stuff that feed mm-hmm. the bone growth. And then that's... They make it look all scraggly and gory. They get so gross when they're shedding their velvet and then they're just polishing mm-hmm. the bone. Horns are a two-part structure, which I didn't know. It's bone, but it's covered in keratin. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Neither did I. Um, apparently, when we talk about caribou... When you say a population of caribou, you were talking about caribou that don't migrate. And when you're saying a herd, it's a population that migrates. Or it's a, it's a, oh. it's caribou that do migrate. Because I already said what a population was. Okay. Um, where? What makes them migrate or not? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Well, so some of that is type. There are, like, boreal woodland caribou hang out. Mm -hmm. They just stay in their spot. Yeah. The, where do you think, I mean, and this will just be a guess. There is a single population of caribou, of reindeer, in the continental United States. It is a dozen animals. That's all we have left in the lower 48 are a dozen, and they are they're boreal woodland caribou, and they live in Idaho. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very endangered population. They go up through from Idaho into Canada, so there's more of them in Canada, but this tiny little huh. finger of their, their herd, their population, um, is in the Selkirk Mountains of Idaho. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. This is a great story. It's a great story. And now we know that caribou don't eat grass. They don't. It's, they don't care for they it. They don't care for it. And we also know never ask people how big their caribou herd is. Don't do it. It's super rude, guys. We learned an important etiquette mm-hmm. lesson today. We did. We're like fucking Miss Manners over here. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I liked that story very much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just still thinking about it and kind of processing everything, but no, I love it. Yeah, so thank you for letting me tell you about the reindeer that once came to visit Seattle. What are you going to call this episode? Reindeer Games? I like it. Or... I'll think of it. I think this one can have a funny name. Sometimes they're too serious and I feel bad being light. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe I'm not liking what you're feeding me. <laughs> A caribou story. <laughs> All right, dude. Do you, do you want me to? They said caribou to that. They person. said caribou to that. <laughs>
I'm going to give you the Kara boot. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, do you want me to wrap yeah. it up, buddy? Do you want me to do that or do you I want do. to? Okay. <laughs> Folks, as always, we really hope you come join us on social media. That's where the fun is because that's where we get to interact with you. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us on our website, WeJabroads.com. We love it when you head on over to our Patreon and throw a dollar or two our way. It really makes a huge difference right now. I am hoping that we get enough Patreon support so that I can launch a limited edition number of pins in time for the holidays. This is new new information to even Liz, but it's on my (laughs) to-do list if we can get enough backing here. So you can also find us on, of course, iTunes, on Podbean, on the podcatcher of your choice. Liz, what else am I forgetting? I felt like I went over that too quick. My call to action would be, it would be very helpful if you haven't given us a review to go ahead and give us a review. Yes, please. And here is why. With anything in life... The people that you get to hear from with feedback, and this is the same whether it's hospitals or restaurants or podcasts, are the people who really, really love it and the people who really hate mm-hmm. it. And any show is going to have people who we were simply not their cup of tea. And sometimes I think that's very legit. And sometimes I'm like very irritated <laughs> that they gave us a bad review because we cussed and made a sailor blush. Yes. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm still, I'm, I, do you like how not mad I am that I've been talking oh, about this for like You've been talking weeks? about it forever. Um, this clearly got under your skin. I am extremely focused on this because I think it's sexist. Oh, good point. I have, I have a strong feeling the dollop guys don't get that. You yeah, know? fair. So anyway, um, you are probably out there listening like me, where you've got a lot of shows that you like, but maybe have not gotten the chance to do a review for. Maybe move it up your to-do list, and I will pledge to do the same and rate and review some of the shows that I like, because uh, even if you don't have a lot of words to say, just the stars yeah. help us out a lot. They help other people find us. They help us trend on charts. Yeah. And it's just a nice way. I mean, among other things, it helps shift us into the algorithm, whatever it may be, that brings us in contact with more cool people. And really, that's the underlying goal. Oh, absolutely. Is is getting to connect with our people. So if you are our people and you are enjoying the show, then your ratings and reviews help keep that ball rolling. So I appreciate it. And I thank you in advance for that. That's a wonderful call to action. I would say then my call to action would be if you haven't like our Facebook page. I know some people like to just lurk, which is totally great. But I have met the funniest, coolest, most weird folks ever because of our Facebook page. And so I think it's a fun place to just hang out and see what other people post and share because they come across stuff that I have not come across. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening to us. And of course, we hope that you live weird, die weird, and stay weird. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I already said that. I messed myself up.